Welcome to News Biscuit, the UK's original fake news. News Biscuit, more viral than COVID. <laughs> I'm your host, Renfo, and I'm joined by two whistleblowers who don't know how to whistle. <laughs> Mrs. Renfo Hello. and Paul L. Hello. We've got an apology for absence. It was Sparkly Bob who was going to be joining us today. And she says sorry because, and I shouldn't laugh, she she fell off a loft ladder and she thinks she's broken some ribs. Now, oh yeah, I know, she's in a lot of pain, but it is funny. I mean, loft ladders, <laughs> all, all, all accidents involving loft ladders are funny. Yeah. I almost <laughs> chopped a finger off once with a loft ladder and I must admit, it was funny. <laughs> As you're in, our, in our, the inner circle of our marriage now, this is an even better story because I said to Renfo, don't do what you're about to do with that loft ladder because I have read the instructions on the loft ladder. Here we go. Gender divide. I had read the instructions for the loft ladder, and the instructions clearly said, "Don't go up the loft ladder like this. You have to do it this." And Renfo was like, "No, no, no. I, I, I've known many loft ladders in my time. Tell you what, I bet this bit gets edited out of the final podcast." <laughs> so he went up the the, the loft ladder and um, nearly chopped his finger off, and it was very hard not to do the I was right part. Uh, I think you did the I was right part. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just did it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was no sympathy. There was just a lot of smugness. If I see to recall, I'm bleeding on the floor and Mrs. Renfro is looking very pleased. I should have read the instructions. Yes, on the marriage as well. <laughs> it is weird because it's just the three of us. <laughs> and Paul has been thrust into our marriage. Yep. <laughs> well, I'm, well, I'm promising, obviously, to try and keep us on, on track and talk about topical new stuff. We do need to have a discussion about who's putting out the bins this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need me to uh, yeah. just uh, to, to arbitrate call a judgment. if you can okay. yes. Oh, that would be great if you can make some judgments on the whole aspects of our marriage. That would be... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this month the railways went on strike, leading to the transport secretary asking, I say, good fellow, what's a train again? <laughs> <laughs> and Boris Johnson has had an operation on his nose, but Geppetto warns the results will only be temporary. <laughs> So that brings us to our first round, News in Brief, where our panellists select their favourite headlines. Paul, what have you got for us? Nation resigns itself to the prospect of long Boris. <laughs> yeah. Is that off the back of the by-election results that we're still stuck <laughs> yeah. with him regardless? <laughs> It's just going to keep going. Well, he is. And what's curious is that there is a certain degree of suffering on his part, because I think, you know how some people are trapped in a loveless marriage? Um, Mrs. Renfo, don't make a comment. <laughs> um, I think I think he's trapped in a, a kind of loveless position as, as prime minister. He's, you know, he's not liked or respected by anyone. He doesn't really want to do the job, but he's so, <laughs> he, he's so crippled by financial responsibilities and child maintenance payments <laughs> that he's got to stick with it. Uh, on the same topic, wanted ethics advisor must have GSOH. <laughs> this is uh, as if being Boris Johnson's ethics advisor wasn't enough a joke, a good sense of humour, but not necessarily a good sense of right and wrong could form part of the formal job description. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, isn't it, that prime ministers feel the need to have an ethics advisor. It's like a sort of tacit admission that they have no ethical kind of framework <laughs> at all. And they need a Jiminy Cricket on their shoulder to say, yeah, no, you, should, you shouldn't kill everyone. It's bad. And they're like, oh, oh, I didn't know until you said, Jimmy. Thank you. Thank goodness for you. Yes. <laughs> but I can imagine, you know, a Jiminy Cricket with, with Boris Johnson just giving up, just sort of 
<laughs> She's going, oh, to hell with it. I've tried. I've tried. I warned him about strangling puppies. Yeah, um, that would be a Disney film that I would watch, actually. I think, you know, if we kind of took the Pinocchio analogy and it was Boris. I think they made it. They called it Dumbo, didn't they? <laughs> Covid denied defiantly has sex with monkeys. <laughs> After feeling vindicated by the success of Brexit and zero effects of Covid, Ron Jenkins of Clacton has taken to Facebook to announce that the so-called monkey monkeypox is a fake. And to prove this, he's having vigorous relations with Mr Cheeky last night. <laughs> Mr Cheeky, that's a great <laughs> na- name for your sex monkey. <laughs> uh, which is funny enough, is what Mrs Renfro calls me. <laughs> I made a joke in the last podcast about this, about monkeypox. It was a throwaway joke about me being in a long-term relationship with a baboon. And then off the back of that, a couple of people did get in contact and said, is that how you get monkeypox? So <laughs> I, I want to be absolutely clear to our listeners that I am not a doctor and in no way do I know how you catch monkeypox. I don't know. That should be a disclaimer listening to this podcast for any medical advice. <laughs> I didn't think we needed it as a disclaimer. I thought that was like a given or, or given in this case. <laughs> That's going to be David Edinburgh's next um, documentary, isn't it? The BBC are going to commission him explain to listeners, you know, kind of in sort of his David Attenborough voice about why you shouldn't have sex with monkeys. Is that how you think it started? Was that seminal thing with him and those gorillas? What he yeah. was doing with his husky talking. And yeah. we thought he was, he was just trying to be quiet, not to scare him, but we he was seducing them. Yeah, sex talk, Mr. Cheeky. But that's what we call David Attenborough. <laughs> Mr. Cheeky. Yes, it's the next Jimmy Savile thing to come out of the BBC. Everyone's get quiet about it, but he's been slowly going around the world fucking endangered species. <laughs> we've, we've all funded it and we've all been happily watching it and applauding it. And then, oh, we were, oh, we were complicit, I'm afraid. <laughs> I think that Stingray killed Steve Irwin, you know. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. It's all coming out. It's, it's what the Stingray said to him. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's grotesque. Oh, right. Last one. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the last one because I feel we scraped the bottom of the barrel already. <laughs> Sacked proofreader, drew line under it and moved on. <laughs> Mrs. Renfo, what have you got? There's a theme running through today's today's podcast. So, infinite number of monkeys failed your <laughs> second book deal. <laughs> what, what Mr. Cheeky did to me, he touched me. That's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, an infinite number of monkeys. And that would take David Attenborough a while, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you leave David Attenborough in a room with an infinite <laughs> number of monkeys... How, how many complaints? <laughs> Burning Ford Fiesta on local wasteland, not an official Jubilee beacon. So please. <laughs> we got some scaffolding outside our house at the moment, haven't we, Mrs. Renfo? I was all for hanging bunting off, off of that in some sort of ironic gesture, but I'm not sure people will have picked up on it. After your accident with the <laughs> loft ladder as well, you wanted to go up some... <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, though, Paul, it's brilliant having scaffolding in your house. If you're like me, you, you know, the temptation to run up it constantly. I've been, <laughs> you, you very rarely get a chance to touch your own roof. I've been up there touching my own roof. That sounds weird. That sounds really wrong. You've really get the chance (laughs) to touch your own roof. Well, okay. Nigel Farage allergic to real ale. (laughs) That would cramp his style massively. I think all his campaigning is just him holding a pint. I don't think I've ever seen both of his hands empty. There's always a pint of a bishop's scrotum in his hand. You're assuming that that is actually actual beer. I mean, come on, you know, we we were actors, you know, the kind of shit that they sometimes literal, they they force you to consume when you're on stage. Is it real ale or is it that bit of brown stuff that you get in the bottle of the gravy pan topped up with that's probably what he's drinking trust me never see ice cream on stage never trust it that's not ice cream that's smash what is it it's smash with colored food coloring oh. 
never eat ice cream on stage, kids. My God, is that like you never eat sort of yellow snow? Is that yes, the kind yes. of? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, it depends how nice your your stage manager is. I mean, if you've ever got like any kind of champagne substitute on stage, at best that's fizzy water with a bit of yellow food coloring. <laughs> and, and just depending on how pissed the stage crew were the night before, you don't well, you don't want to know what's in that thing. Yeah, drinks, oh, God. <laughs> uh, drinks are pretty dodgy. Chocolate cake could be anything. You never. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I do know in um sound of music the movie they used milk instead of water for the rain effects no it's not music sorry singing rain sorry i'll say singing in rain now twice and then i'll enter back in so it sounds like i know what i'm talking about <laughs> hang on i was thinking sound of music was it raining it seemed quite warm <laughs> it seemed quite warm there i remember the it, rolling it, hills it was one of her few favorite things <laughs> milk as a substitute for rainwater. she insisted she had very niche her list of demands as a nun sorry singing in rain was not rain it was milk oh. because they can't see normal water on on camera or they couldn't back then they couldn't pick it up so they needed something well a bit milky looking so he would have smelt like like bad cheese by the end of the take because it would just be like festering milk in under all those hot lights i heard he did anyway it was fine yes. <laughs> a well-kept secret in hollywood <laughs> okay tell tell paul off topic tell paul about the hairy cheese this is like this is haunting my brain oh this is a bit I of our relationship you don't want to get into now paul <laughs> no i don't um, i'm gonna i, I won't just tell you about it. i'm gonna show you on camera <laughs> Viewers at home, I'm not going to show the hairy cheese. No, this was something on Twitter. And apparently it's been a thing for like 8,000 years. So it's not like new. It's, it's out towards sort of Turkey and Greece. They have something called like a, well, it's called a hairy cheese. And basically it's the skin of a goat. And inside of it, they've got a cheese fermenting. So when eventually the cheese has kind of reached full cheesy goodness... <laughs> They cut into this, and it is, it's a huge furball, and they saw into it, and there's cheese in the middle, but it looks, uh, it looks, I like cheese, but. Yeah. The best bit was our 14-year-old our son's reaction when we showed this trim last night, and, and I was like, you know, look, look at this, what do you think, and, and he's not fussy about what he'll eat, and we said, what do you think of this? He went, I would eat the hell out of that hair. <laughs> I thought you would, son. <laughs> yeah, and again, it's one of those things, once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. <laughs> it's really there in the forefront of my mind. I can't even visualise the birth of my children. But all I've got now is furry cheese. That's taken up maybe 80% of my, my memories. <laughs> Sorry, and, and last one, railway children to join strike. There we go, very top. <laughs> daddy, oh my daddy, and they get Nick Lynch. <laughs> So it would be a very different story during a rail strike. It would just be called children, wouldn't it? Yes, yeah. No father would have been taken away to prison on a train. Also, how... I Hold on, just... no, that's not the story. He wasn't taken away on a train. He came back on a train. You don't know. It's not made clear in the book. It's not made clear in the book. Also... But you made it much more sinister that the rail, National Rail kidnapped their father. That's not the storyline. The question that has always bothered me is how is that daddy or my daddy getting back on a train? He's just come out of prison. He's got fuck all. How does nobody know he's coming back? Why has nobody been told he's coming there? How has he got enough money coming straight out of prison to get what is probably a peak time rail ticket he's probably traveling illegal on that train isn't he well he's a spy isn't he isn't that the implication in the in the book that he's <laughs> how shit is that mother that she doesn't know that her husband is getting released from, from prison why has nobody made an effort to turn up why are these children having to randomly stand on a grassy hill on the off chance that some mad people on a train will have brought their sheets with them on the train to make banners to tell them to go to the station this is a very very complicated way I... of doing I think you need to watch this film again because uh, I think you're, you're missing some details. 
one of those people who based it on the film, aren't you? Now, I've read the book. There's a lot oh. more in the book, and that's the original. So that's and it's sorry. So, so the bit. So, how does the book deviate then? What's no? It's just better in every way because all books are better than all films in every way. Uh, well, no, surely that can't be true of books about train journeys because <laughs> on on screen it's visually really impressive. A train coming towards you in the book, it's just going to go. The train went fast. The train went faster. It's still going. <laughs> And it went in a straight line, still on a straight line. You know, trains. I mean, that's quite a boring read, train descriptions. I think you're missing the way books really work, Rimbo. I mean, I don't, you, don't, you don't, don't need to go, this train keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. Oh, come on. When was the last time you read a good car chase in a book? Climbing <laughs> Everest, he's walking. He's still walking. He's walking a bit yeah. Oh, it's very steep. He's still walking. <laughs> I reckon as teenagers as well, without with the absence of trains on hand, I, I think they'd have got up to mischief. Trains channeled their energy in a good way. I think if they didn't have that, they'd have been glue sniffing and getting pregnant. Again, you've not read the book. There's a very dodgy scene with the boy in the red sweater. Oh, hey, is there? <laughs> Tell more. <laughs> they get well into it. She's well into it. Bobby is well into that boy well, in the sweater. Just saying. I have to admit, I've neither seen the, seen the film or the book, but now what? I feel like today what? I'm going to do a read and watch both <laughs> why, why have we got you on this podcast paul if you haven't Sorry. done the if you haven't done the background research seriously Sorry, I, mean, I missed that email i must have uh yeah. you must read railway it, it's children. a prerequisite of anyone coming on use biscuit is they have to watch the railway children not just once multiple times and the novel read the novel yes <laughs> and we're all oh, interesting side note the girl what the youngest girl in it portrayed in the movie she was about like 26 or 27 in real life wrapped her boobs down in order to get that part that is a fact that i know paul's saying fuck my life i thought this was gonna be an interesting part. i didn't watch youtube back railway children for three hours <laughs> <laughs> boob strapping is where we're at now and it's got jenny agata in it who gets naked in more movies than almost anyone else apart from helen mirren she doesn't do it in the railway children's so the scene that <laughs> yes. the scene that mrs renfo is alluding to that's not in there that's in the novel flies down the down the platform starkers um that would be a different film <laughs> daddy oh my daddy put clothes on <laughs> you <whore. Whoa. laughs> yeah we've ruined railway children for everyone there well done everyone our next round is true biscuit where our panel has to guess which is a real headline and which is a fake one lego receives formal complaint over demographic makeup of political playset. <laughs> it's a long headline. It didn't come from one of the red tops. Let's just be really yeah. clear. <laughs> okay, so sorry, I'm, I'm getting confused here. So the, the set itself was just, it's a depiction of a, just a group of people or is it a depiction of a group of politicians? I, I, yeah, it's, it's meant to be like, I mean, I'll be honest, politics is not my strong point. I maybe shouldn't be on this podcast, but it's it's designed <laughs> to be like a, um, it's designed to be a generic depiction of like, oh. Where they all sit and have translators. Uh, that makes no sense because I always thought Boris Johnson was more sort of the Duplo man. Um, <laughs> stickle bricks so his hair that stickle was, bricks yes stickle bricks, they were great <laughs> he used to try and address um gender inequality with our toys because i seem to remember we had some dolls they weren't barbies but you could you could i don't know why but you could split the doll in half i don't know why <laughs> thought this was a good thing so we we take, take the female top half and affix it to a male bottom half and then uh, we were ahead of our time we were trans so, these ahead of our time trans toys yeah although yeah. in in some frankenstein's monster <laughs> <laughs> type scenario. The only way we can get full equality is to cut you in half. What? Is there not an easier way? <laughs> no. There's a Venn diagram of kind of bad magicians and then people trying to get sort of demographic toys. The solution always is just cut the person in half. Cut the person in half, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I can I really imagine people kind of complaining. I, I feel like they would. I mean, <laughs> people. Was it you, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I didn't see myself there. Yes. <laughs> and that's the other thing. I mean, how would you? I mean, my, again, my memory of my all my Lego because I was in Lego. I was in the early days of Lego, and because you could only get space characters then. <laughs> characters you just had bricks did you was it actually your parents fed you outside with a wall going yeah. this, is, this is lego darling built yes yeah. extension for your mum and dad what, what was that not what it was no no they were all they all like kind of a they were like simpsons characters that kind of yellow uh, complexion so they genuinely didn't feel like they were one they didn't feel gender specific they didn't feel sort of ethnic specific and they were all spacemen anyway so what the fuck um <laughs> oh i'm gonna go for true or false and there's only one person to make a decision today is it is only paul so it all rests on him i am going to say true oh you're an idiot <laughs> <laughs> why did i give paul the full power oh that's so disappointing oh <laughs> That's why democracy doesn't work. Um, yeah, okay. So you're going for true. Why are you going yeah. for true, Paul? On what basis? Because I think people do complain about these things. As soon as something like that comes up, they're like, I don't agree with that. And I am going to complain. It sounds like I did it now. It really does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, did That's they my ever, rationale. Did, did they ever respond to your letters, Paul, in the end? Never. But I keep writing. Yeah, good for you. Uh, despite Paul's protestations, it's actually false. However... <laughs> The true version of this is that Lego had made a really lovely, happy little farm set for children, um, which is all very nice. And is it Petter? Mm. Petter complained because they said this is giving children the false impression that, you know, the pigs are about to be chopped up into tiny pieces for their hamburgers. They're on some like spa break. And so they said, you know, you're gonna, you can't call these farms. You have to refer to them as sanctuaries instead. So, um, oh, yeah. oh, I thought you were going to say that Petter insisted that they turn it into like an abattoir. With the guy. <laughs> Stun <laughs> just, guns. Yeah, stun guns. A pig's just hanging up. <laughs> They're kind of blood dripping from the head. <laughs> Paul, what about you? Welsh local councillor resigns after re repeated allegations that he is Banksy, undermining his ability to work. <laughs> um, <laughs> excellent. So... <laughs> <laughs> there used to be a thing on the, again, Mrs. Renfrew probably won't even remember this because she's a wee bit younger. The national newspaper, they would have someone on the beach called Chalky White. Was that right? And if you found, no, I'm making this shit up. I don't know if I have. <laughs> Maybe it's a cheese dream, a hairy cheese dream. <laughs> but no, no, it's Chalky White. And then this person would be wearing a white suit on the beach. And if you came up to him and said, ah, your name is Chalky White or whatever it is, I claim my five pounds, they would give you five pounds. And is that, <laughs> Mr. Renfrew's uh, looking stunned. Uh, yeah, yeah, so just, just, you just go up to random people yes. on a beach and go, are you chalky white? Yes, it used to cause, obviously, a lot of grief for anybody who was wearing white. And also, a lot of children used to go missing, I think, with kind of random men as a result. Yes, yeah, so here, here is five pounds, little kid, and come with me. Oh, OK. <laughs> the 70s were mental. It was mental. <laughs> It was a happier time. But the reason I mentioned that is that sounds like what this is. Yeah. This guy is trying to do his job and people are constantly just coming up and just grabbing him and going, you're Banksy, aren't you? You're That's Banksy. essentially it. He's, it's undermining his ability to be a counsellor, he says. He's just got to resign. If he's constantly walking around, you know, is he constantly like painting the walls because I can see why people might then be, you know, he must be doing something to make them think he's Banksy, right? Yes. No, it doesn't seem to me. It, just, it seems it's just got a rumour that's got out of control. And it's, it's like... <laughs> The more he denies it, the more people go, all oh, right, you would say that, wouldn't you, Banksy? <laughs> I'm now suspicious and starting to think that maybe he is Banksy, because why would you protest so much? I mean, if you... <laughs> 
actually. So actually, I'm thinking maybe there's maybe there's something in this. Also, surely you could just like paint on a couple of walls to dispel the myth. Because once they see the quality of his artwork, they'll go, no, you're clearly not Banksy. No, they say, oh, that's exactly what Banksy would do. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, well, then in that case, lead into it and then start charging £50,000 for every little crappy mural you do. Yeah, that, that, I think that's the solution. If he has, if he's ever get out of this Banksy shadow, <laughs> I wonder also whether there's somewhere out there the real Banksy is constantly being asked planning permission for their loft extensions and their conservatories. And he's going, I'm not a Welsh councillor. I'm Banksy, <laughs> for goodness' sake. You would say that though, wouldn't you, Welsh councillor? <laughs> Um, in a real life moment, I just our, our son is stuck outside, so I just need to. Um, yeah. He's stuck outside. What is he? A moth? <laughs> sort of banging his head against the glass. How's he stuck outside the house? If you put him outside for this purposes of yeah. this podcast, and now I tell you what, we do a kind of a little lockdown around the house. Nobody's allowed on any devices for this this special no one's, hour. No one's any fun, Paul, at all in this house. Podcast is a non-fun hour. Everybody has to sit <laughs> at the wall and think about whether or not they're Banksy. That's what happens during Read the. the- Read the railway, children. <laughs> the the, the non-fun hour is what we call the News Biscuit podcast. Uh, a lot of people call, uh, call it that, I think. Uh... Yes. <laughs> yes, it's catching on. Yes. <laughs> I completely now believe that this guy is Banksy, so I'm going to say it's true. I think it's absolutely true. I think. He's... Hold on, no, no, hold on. Are you saying the story's true or that it's true that he's Banksy or both? Oh, everything. Everything. He, Everything's he... true. Yeah, everything is, is, he is Banksy. Everything's Banksy. It's got to my mind. All of it. Everything's true. This man can't do his job because he thinks he's Banksy, but he is Banksy. It's like a double positive negative. So I'm going to go and Google him after this podcast. Fake Banksy. Mm. Well, no, fake real Banksy. Because that's, that's what someone who wasn't, was Banksy would say, that he was a fake Banksy, but he is Banksy. So you wouldn't say that you weren't Banksy because he is Banksy. That sentence did my head in. Right, okay. <laughs> right, Paul, triples. It is... True. The story is true. I do not know if William Gannon is Banksy or not. He clearly is. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, my turn to do a true biscuit. I don't have a chance to do it because we're missing a person today, so I get to do one. Okay, so here we go. Is this true or false? Oh. You're also building it quite up at me, aren't you, Renfo, yeah. for, your, for your turn? You didn't really do that for our turn. You go, oh, here we go. No, no. All over again, all over again. Come the final edit, this will be the only bit in. <laughs> monkey stuff. Yeah, and monkey stuff. <laughs> disposable nappy inventor buried in landfill. <laughs> the innovator of the disposable nappy, Valerie Hunter Gordon, died at the age of 94. And at her request, her final resting place was to be buried under 50,000 metric tonnes of biodegradable baby poop. (laughs) In the final act of irony, her body will be swaddled in synthetic disposable materials wrapped in a gigantic nappy bag and left for seagulls to peck at. What? Yes. Why? (laughs) What and why? What and why and what's wrong with people? She invented... The nappy. The disposable nappy. Wow, people are really messed up, aren't they? Really messed up. But I think the thing was, in her final will and testament, she wanted to make a point about we need to deal with the environmental impact of these. It's a really great invention, but me being buried is going to, 
you know, raise the awareness of actually we do need to do something about making sure they degrade properly. What was the rationale for the horrific pecking of the seagulls? Though? <laughs> um, I, I, think, <laughs> I think that might have been the journalist just reaching okay. an actual conclusion in terms of what would happen. For the true disposable nappy experience, though, what really should happen is they should have got a big bin for their bathroom and put her in a big nappy bag and let her fester in the bin in the bathroom for about like a week or so first. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine a dead body would smell any worse than some of the nappies I've dealt with over the years. So, um, Buttock rash will be the least of her concerns. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, if you put pseudochrome all over a corpse... Yeah, pseudochrome um, could probably resurrect a human being, I think. Yeah, yeah. easy, easy peasy. I don't, I don't really know what to say. It's like just when you think you've, you've heard it. I mean, I've just, you know, back to a happier, simpler time when we were worrying about us with Paul's politician was Banksy and now we're in... festering <laughs> yeah. corpses covered with shit. So. Well, I like the idea that inventors choose to yeah. die by the method thing they invented. So the person who invents the cannon gets fired from a cannon. Segway dude fell off a cliff, didn't he? he was the Segway dude, yes. Yeah, that was kind of ironic. The guy who sort of developed the concept of jogging died of a heart attack while jogging. That is the problem. It does sound like something what someone would request, but it's, it's disgusting. <laughs> I, I, I'm just yearning back to the, to the more instant times at the start of the podcast where all we had to worry about was monkey sex. And now, yeah. now, we're, now we're into festering corpse. I wasn't so much worried by monkey sex. I was I was in a state of heightened arousal. I think you're you, right. You and David Attenborough, Mr. Cheeky, both. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, no, I do, well, no, I don't know because mm, which, which, what nationality was she? Yeah, because that makes a difference, doesn't it? <laughs> it actually doesn't say. I mean, Hunter Gordon sounds like Scottish posh middle class <laughs> Edinburgh Hunter Gordon. But I they don't. <laughs> Hello there. The I Bal- there I'm Mallory Hunter Gordon. <laughs> and I invented it's, the disposable nappy. Uh, it's like she's with us. <laughs> it's, it would be muffled. Her voice would be muffled, though, if uh, all the talent. Yeah. I don't know what to say, really. I, I just didn't know what to say. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with people. I just call into question the whole human race, you know, kind of. I don't want to believe that it's true because that's, uh, I mean, that's a horrific end, isn't it? That is a horrific, and, and it's a whole other option. We went, um, Paul, to a, to a funeral with our, we've always taken our kids to funerals. That sounds like we take our kids regularly. As a day out. <laughs> hey, kids. Disney World shut. Let's yeah. go to the crematorium. Yeah, we don't take our kids regularly to funerals, but they do come along to any funerals that happen to occur to family members. And so there was a memorable time when my daughter would have been about seven and we went, we were going to, um, I think it was Rempo's grandmother had died and um and Beth our daughter was was very interested and very fascinated about um going to the um going to the funeral she said I can't wait can't wait to go to the funeral I can't wait to see them drag the dead body in and I said it's not really it's not really how funerals work and then she got really worried and she said hang on a minute has has anybody asked her what what she wants and we said well she's dead sweetheart what do you mean what what she wants she said well has has anybody asked her if she wants to be buried or microwaved and (laughs) put somebody into microwave two minutes on high there you go. Poof. Well, not poof, it'd be bing. <laughs> it's difficult. I'm going to go true. Because I think it's, it's what she would have wanted. It's what she would have wanted. Uh, uh, it is mad enough to be true, but I'm just going to hope that there's some kind of sense and rationale has won out, and I'm going to say that it's false, but it's not any kind of optimism, to be completely honest with you. Oh, split room. Oh, yeah. the drama. Right, the story is... False. Oh, and it, and it was and it was published in News Biscuit a few years ago. Uh, I've got Thank two wrong. That. Oh, <laughs> what a relief! What a relief! Yeah, Paul, I've got a London Bridge. I can sell you later. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Bezos brings elderly relatives back from the dead. How far was his journey into space? <laughs>
a little kid asks, says, Alexa, can grandma finish reading me The Wizard of Oz? And Alexa says, okay. And then that kid's grandmother, in, in an event that's hopefully not going to scar that child for life, is then able to converse with, with oh. by the power of, of Alexa. Ah, oh, so it's Alexa imitating the voice whoever's died. See, I had this vision of these uh, resurrected corpses. And of course, like any Amazon delivery, you'll be out at the time and, and <laughs> grandma will be hurled over your fence and a little note saying corpse in garden. Or well, your neighbours will be asked to take you hold of it. I mean, yes, I... Yeah. Can you imagine taking <laughs> a cadaver? And of course, you know, what usually happens is you don't pick them up straight away. So yeah. they'd just be piling up your know, multiple bodies in your neighbour's porch and then getting really angry, but too polite to say anything about it. People yeah. going around your neighbours going, are you having a party? And, no, it's just my, <laughs> my, my neighbours' uh, dead relatives. Uh. So Alexa's imitating our dead relatives. How is Alexa doing that? Is Jeff Bezos running their nurse, nursing homes, forcing these elderly people? <laughs> read, read the Wizard of Oz, bitch! What? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, can you just read these sentences, please, into this <laughs> recorder? <laughs> I like the idea, though, that rather than be able to access the, obviously, our dead relatives to get these kinds of, you know, their, their authentic voices, they'll just hire some, you know, cheap actor who claims he or she could do lots and lots of different voices. <laughs> and basically, it's the same voice every time. My dead man sounds an awful lot like Stephen Fry. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what your nan sounded like. It's years ago. You can't remember it properly. Oh, all right. <laughs> Granddad, he didn't sound like Richard E. Grant when I knew him, but... <laughs> yeah, there's a whole generation of kids who are going to be traumatised even more than the 70s kids with chalky white or whatever the hell. <laughs> this is like the new level of trauma. This is the um, Charlie... Charlie... What was that? Charlie Cap across the road thing? Charlie... Oh, Charlie, the, the, the public um, awareness adverts. You know, Charlie the cat... Charlie says... <laughs> that was the noise that Charlie used to make, which is not a cat noise. Let's be honest. And not unless you're drowning a cat. Approach Jeff Bezos takes. Grandma yes. says. <laughs> 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 Grandma's talking in tongues now that she's possessed by the devil. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yes, that would be awful. <laughs> <laughs> Make it stop. I was in pain. Someone help her. We need an exorcist. <laughs> the potential also then for the voice to be saying kind of random ass stuff all the time. You know, I don't want my dead relatives to be giving me updates of the weather. <laughs> Talking from beyond the grave. But can you tell me, you know, what movies are available at the local cinema? I don't, I don't know if I want them to say that. <laughs> I mean, really, you really want to pre-program a load of kind of, your know, pearls of wisdom, really sort of deep, meaningful stuff. Or just say, I love you a lot or something, or I miss you. Not the temperature today is 13 degrees. Or, or, or judgment, because I can completely see my mum coming through Alexa and going, are you going to tidy that kitchen? You know, have you not put those clothes away? I can completely see dead, you know, dead relatives. You, God, Renfo, if you were dead, you'd be constantly, have you have you bought those knives yet? Have you sorted well <laughs> yet? You know, Oh, yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> And actually, that won't be, 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 that's not me dead. That is just me. That's me yeah. in the corner of the room. You're going to pretend to be dead just to come through Alexa and do stuff I haven't done yet. I feel a lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> uh, I've got to get this right. I've got to and get yeah, this yeah, right. And you, haven't read the, and you haven't read the railway children because in the last chapter, this stuff is revealed. Yes. So <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm actually nervous. I am going to say false. Ooh. It's going to be true then, isn't it? Because you're yeah, used to this. 
<laughs> um, he's got an uncanny knack. <laughs> he's like a broken compass. Well, Paul, I'm pleased to announce that you have been absolutely dreadful at this game this morning. Oh, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Three, yeah. three. Yeah. Oh. Paul, have you got one last one for us? Yes, it's a strange one, this. It's, it's an ethical weapons maker. <laughs> They're adding aloe vera to their their grenades. <laughs> so when it explodes, yeah. I'm not too sure how an immediate people in the vicinity, I suppose it's not going to help, but the people sort of near are going to get a smell of aloe vera. <laughs> so is this the com- combat, the, that famous quote, I love the smell of napalm in the morning? It's going <laughs> to be, yeah, but I, I like it later in the afternoon when it's aloe vera. And it's supposed to have healing properties also. So it's like uh, you lost a limb, but... You know, the smell of aloe vera is going <laughs> to... Paul, is this a scenario where <laughs> a weapons manufacturer has has accidentally bought up a manufacturer of aloe vera and they're trying to, to get some sort of synergy going on? Or is it even worse? Is it the aloe vera manufacturer <laughs> who's inadvertently bought up weapons? <laughs> a weapons manufacturer and is going, oh, to hell with it. We'll go with it. We'll run with it. Uh, I'd like to think it was the latter, but it's the former. <laughs> it's the weapons manufacturer who've weapons as, you know, kind of therapeutic. Um, <laughs> Ex- Saint- explosions that are just confetti. St. And- John's Ward's and- bullets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Valerian, you know, your, your leg will be blown off, but you sleep so well you won't know think about it. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, a spa break, isn't it, with, with added grenades. Um, Is that how you're going to pitch wars from now onwards? <laughs> Is that what Russia should have said when they were invading Ukraine? It's not really invasion. It's just a spa break. We're just <laughs> handing out some well-being in the form of <laughs> bombs. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll be dead, but your skin will be in the best condition it's ever been. <laughs> yes. Aloe vera. I mean, why stop at aloe vera? I mean, back to the, the magical healing properties of pseudochrome. I mean, you know, if you've got to, although I actually say that, God, can you imagine a pseudochrome grenade going off? Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> pseudochrome is bad enough. Normally, you get it everywhere, but a grenade, you would, oh, the clear up alone. It's preposterous nonsense, which possibly means it's true, but no, I'm, I'm going to say it's false. I think that's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Right, Paul. It, are there ethical weapons manufacturers out there? No. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we reach the magic eight ball. <laughs> the magic eight ball. This is where our guests give us their predictions for next month's news. Women march for the same rights as guns. <laughs> the moment that they work out a way for guns to give blowjobs, then I think women's role in certainly the United States of America will probably be over. Um, oh, what guy's going to trust that first, though? The, <laughs> someone who says, yeah, this guy will give you a blowjob. Just put it, <laughs> just point it at your penis and press fire. Nobody's going to be the first person to test that. And it's just a little one click away from either one, like yeah. bullets, blowjobs. It's like, don't yeah. get it wrong. <laughs> I've got cabinet accuses Johnson of being street artist bank. See, this is this is in the hope he'll resign. <laughs> you think they think the whole of his his premiership has been just a kind of ironic piece of performative art. Exactly. And then if you keep accusing him, like the Welsh councillor. I think you find that's Banksy. I think, <laughs> I think we resolved that one earlier. I hope he I hope he listens to this podcast. And he's gonna go, no, that's my, still saying it. My nightmare begins again. <laughs> And that brings us to the end of this episode. And I can reveal this month's winner is anyone who still thought Kate Bush was edgy. <laughs> and for those who don't know, Kate Bush is number one again. The 70s has come back. We've got rail strikes and we got Kate Bush at number one. 
everything is all right with the world. Mike's coming back to our beaches. We don't want any of that shit going down. <laughs> I'd like to thank our guests, as few as they are, Mrs. Renfo. Thank you. And you can say goodbye as well. Uh, well, I, well, I live with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's say no. Let's say goodbye, Mrs. Renfo. I think. <laughs> I think it's time. And Paul L. Thank you and goodbye. And I leave you with these headlines. Remote workers vote to strike from home. <laughs> Grey squirrels first on the plane to Rwanda, confirms Patel. <laughs> and osteopath patients left in awkward position as clinic closes down. I was going to groan, but you didn't want to groan with me the last also, thing. <laughs> oh, no. I Trust me, a groan is better than an awkward silence, which is what oh, you guys sorry. gave me there. I, 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 I wrote that one, so I can't really laugh at it. <laughs> it's the worst of all worlds there for you, Paul. So no, only can you not laugh at it. You had to experience Mrs. Renfo not <laughs> laughing at it as well. <laughs> You've been listening to News Biscuit. News Biscuit is not only free for all readers, but we also accept submissions from any budding satirist, young or old. Visit newsbiscuit.com to submit headline stories and to support new writers. News Biscuit, real fake news. It's good though, because when you write these things, it's in silence, and it's good when, when they get read out, it's in silence as well. So <laughs> it's good that it continues. People don't like to talk while they masturbate. That's why. <laughs> 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 Normally I say to people we're going to edit out all the ums and ers but given there's only three of us I'm going to need to keep <laughs> in as many ums and ers as I can Long pauses <laughs> Yes please yes long Pinterest pauses <laughs> is what makes great comedy um, Gonna and we're going to pad the fuck out of this um, <laughs> So Our marriage now you've basically joined our you've joined our marriage you didn't realise you were signing up for podcast <laughs> Oh, yeah, this is proper awkward. <laughs> you, you are now technically, Paul, you are now the other man in our relationship. OK, yeah, that's fine. Uh, I will be coming to live with you uh, next week, is it? Read the instructions on the loft ladder first. That's my top tip. <laughs> yes, if you want to film Mrs Redfoe's roof. <laughs> I'm off to read the railway children, so... Don't just read it, live it. Uh, <laughs>